Well, as uh, I mentioned, this is the fourth of five confirmations that we'll have for this class uh, due to the COVID restrictions. And the four that we have with us uh, today have studied their Bibles and they are ready to profess their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that they know everything about the Lord or that uh, all of their questions about faith and the Bible have uh, been answered. Because there are, there are many things, even for those of us uh, who have been Christians for a long time, that we're still wondering about. It's said that God works in mysterious ways, and there are a lot of mysteries in the Bible. Like, why didn't Noah swat those two mosquitoes? And uh, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? Or, or more seriously, why did Jesus leave us? Why didn't he just stay on earth walking around like, like he did back then? I mean, it was hard enough for the disciples to have faith, and they got to see him, eat with him, even touch him after the resurrection. So why did he up and leave? And we read about that in the first chapter of Acts. Not too long ago, we... We looked at this scripture as well. But this is Jesus taken up into heaven. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he's eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their, their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Forty days. Forty days is all the time that Jesus spent walking around the earth before he ascended into heaven. And why would he do that? It would have been so much easier to believe if, if we could just walk up and touch him right now. These confirmation students wouldn't have had to spend all that time studying the gospel of John to find out about Jesus if they just could have gone up to him and talked with him. They wouldn't need to to go through a confirmation class if they could see and touch him with their very eyes. So why? Why 
did Jesus leave? Well, this is one of those mysteries that the Bible gives us. But it also gives us some clues. First of all, Jesus told us that he was going to leave. In John 14, Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house have many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to, there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. So Jesus says that he's going to leave us for a while to prepare a place for us, but that he'll come back and take us to be with him. So that's one reason. One of the reasons that, that Jesus leaves is to prepare a place for us. And he'll come again. But he also talks about, about the Holy Spirit there in that chapter that we read from Acts. Jesus tells his disciples to wait for the gift that the Father will send them, the gift of the Holy Spirit. He also says this uh, at the Last Supper. In the 16th chapter of John, he says, Very truly, I tell you, it's for your good that I'm going away, is that unless I go away, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus leaves to send the Holy Spirit to be in us and with us. And in a way, that relates to the third reason that Jesus leaves. He leaves so that he can be with us whenever and wherever we are. Jesus promises in Matthew 18, wherever two or three gather in my name, I'm there among them. And if you take the incarnation seriously, that Jesus came fully and completely like us humans, that he took on the limitations of our bodies to become fully incarnate, if you believe that and if you take the resurrection seriously, that Jesus' body was raised from the dead, then as long as he's walking around the earth like he was in those 40 days, he can never be wherever two or three are gathered because he's limited to that one place. And so he tells us it's for, our, it's for us. It's for our advantage that he leaves. Physical bodies can't be in two places at once. So he ascends so that we can meet him wherever and whenever we are. Like at a confirmation retreat down in Red Wing last year, Kyler Ruiz writes this. <clears throat> he says, I've always felt pretty close to God and have felt he has helped me at multiple times during my life. I know I can turn to him for prayer and healing. A time I felt especially close to God was on the confirmation retreat. There was a time of prayer at night before bed and I truly gave myself to Jesus. I felt his presence in me that night. Tyler didn't have to go to the Holy Land to find Jesus walking around. Jesus found Kyler on a confirmation retreat because the ascended Jesus can be wherever two or three gather in his name. 
and like at a Christian camp. Amelia Larson writes, another experience that I had through faith was the ability to attend Christian summer camps. I've been to a couple of different camps, but I can tell you that every single one felt like nothing I've ever experienced before. The amount of new friends and memories that I've made through those camps is like no other, and I cannot be more grateful to be able to go every summer. One specific memory I have from camp is one where every night the entire camp gathers and sits on benches built around a huge campfire right during sundown. Usually two leaders start playing their guitar and play very slow songs. Almost everyone there knows those songs by heart and everybody sings in unison. I used to take everything in during that moment, the sunset, the lake surrounding us, and every single person participating. Almost everybody puts their arms around each other and all 85 of us sway back and forth as we sing. The energy around the campfire makes me know that God is there and he is looking out for all of us. Amelia didn't need to go to the Holy Land. The Lord meets her time and time again around a campfire, beside a lake, at sunset, as the campers sing praises to God. Because the ascended Jesus can be wherever two or three or 85 gather in his name. Jesus is there. Even right here, right now in church, Jesus is here. Skylar Cody writes, I always feel closest to God when I'm at church. Man, it's, it's so good to, to have a, a young person write this. Um, so often you hear, I, I feel closest to God when I'm out on the golf course. I feel closest to God when I'm in my hunting stand. I feel closest to God. Skylar says, I feel closest to God when I'm at church. And I'm different from before confirmation because I never used to pray. I felt that I didn't need or want to. And now I pray every night for my family and friends. I really like Philippians 4.13. I'm able to do all things through him who strengthens me. This verse is my favorite because it says that we all get our strength from God. I really like our church, especially the music. The songs have good meaning. Skylar doesn't have to see Jesus walking around because Schuyler meets the Lord at church, in music, in scripture, wherever two or three gather, and even when Schuyler is alone in prayer. So what about you? Where have you encountered Jesus? We may feel like we've been cheated out, that if only we had been there back then during those 40 days, well then we would really have something but the reality is that we're the ones who are blessed because we have Jesus with us whenever and wherever we're at. At a retreat, at camp, in worship, while singing and in prayer, and even in times of trouble and grief and difficulties. Alan Gear has faced good times and bad but he knows that the Lord has been with him through it all. He writes in his faith statement, I was raised in a Christian household, 
However, I never doubted the Christian faith. A big part of that is how much you can see God working in everyday life. No matter how bad a situation can seem, or how much you might be worried over something, miraculously everything seems to turn out okay. Things always get better, and it's impossible to ignore how much God is at work in our lives. And that's a big reason that I'm a Christian, and I've remained a Christian through all this time. Anything that life throws at us, God will give us the strength to overcome it and to be better because of it. And if you know Alan's story, you know what a powerful witness that is. Alan's favorite Bible verse is Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for good, for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. And that's one of those scriptures that people often confuse and uh, they misquote it as saying, only good things happen to those who love God. But that's not what it says. No, it says that in all things, even in the darkest, most troubling things we face, God is still working to bring good out of it for his people who love him. This is one of those mysterious ways in which God works. And of course, that's also a phrase that's, that's often uh, misquoted. God works in mysterious ways. Some people think it's a Bible quote. It's really not. It's really taken from a song written by William Cowper over 200 years ago. When Cowper was 32 years old, he wrote a hymn titled, Light Shining Out of Darkness. And little did he know that he would soon enter into his own darkness because depression came over him and it broke him, left him without hope. And trying to escape the darkness, he hired a driver to take him down to the Thames River where he was going to throw himself off the docks and end his life. But as uh, he walked there after he was let out of the coach, through that fog on this uh, dreary night, there was a figure standing there on, at the water's edge, just watching him as if on guard. And, and the water itself, the tide had gone out and it was so low, it was so low that he, that he left. And he sought another way to end things. He sought to take an overdose of drugs but his hand wouldn't seem to, to be able to raise to his lips to do it. So he got a rope and he put it around him. But the rope broke, and as he fell to the ground, it alerted his housekeeper who came in. And little did he know, when he penned the words of that song, how his own life would live that out, that God would work in that mysterious way to rescue him even from the deepest, darkest night of his life. Cooper had penned these words. God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds ye so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings 
on your head. Or as Romans 8, 28 puts it, in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Even in those dark and stormy nights. Why did Jesus have to leave after 40 days? To prepare a place for us. To send the Holy Spirit. And most of all, so that he could be with us anytime and anywhere. He's been there in the lives of Kyler, Amelia, Skyler, and Ellen. And he's been in our lives too. Today they come before us, they'll profess their faith, and they'll receive our support as they're confirmed. And Jesus is here with them and with us. And whether you're sitting here in this building or whether you are watching at home, the ascended Jesus is not bound by distance and space. He's there with us all. And whether you are here in this very moment on May 16th or, or whether you're watching this maybe days from now, even years from now, Jesus is not bound by time as well. The ascended Jesus is with us anytime, anywhere. He's no longer bound in Bible times and in Bible places. His place is here with us. And so, he's here as we celebrate with those confirmation students. And he's there when, when we go through dark times like William Cowper too. God does move in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. Or as Amelia's favorite verse from Isaiah 12 puts it, Indeed, God is my salvation. I will trust him and not be afraid. For the Lord, the Lord himself, is my strength and my song. He's become my salvation. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for the way that you've moved in the lives of these four students who will be coming for confirmation today. We pray your blessing upon them and that you will see them through all the ups and downs of life because no life is free of pain and misery and no life is free of, of joy and blessings. You do move in mysterious ways. Oh Lord, we, we pray for those who are suffering so greatly right now over in the Holy Land, in Israel and Gaza, Lord, bring an end to the fighting and bring your peace among people who have been in conflict for so long. And in the conflicts in our own life, Lord, may we see a light shining out of the darkness. We thank you that you're with us now as you've promised. And that as we go forth today, you're already out there waiting for us too to be your people in this world and to testify to the mysterious ways in which you work, your wonders to perform. Amen.